and welcome in. It is Hef, Sam, and Dan on the Fan On Demand. I am Dan Plucky, your host this week's thing to my left is the one and only Evan Heffelberger. I mean, Heffelfinger. That's not a political is, statement. I'm just sitting to his left. Th- yes. Good point. Thank it's you. It's a, a sign of the times. Uh, you can follow him at EvanHev25 on Twitter. Where you can see my grandma liking my tweets. Hell yeah. And then across the way, kind of running the board in the whole operation today, which he does on several shows, is the one, the only... Samuel Schmitz. You can follow him at Sam. Is it still two underscores? It is, unfortunately. Unfortunately. We're going to figure that out one of these days. And guys, we're coming at you a day early. Usually we bring it to you on Wednesdays. Now it's a Tuesday because we just had to get in front of microphones and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and the incredible deals that they made yesterday. Incredible in terms of size and potentially also in stature as they acquire Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans and Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings in a mm-hmm. sign-and-trade deal, giving up Bledsoe, Hill, Arison Ilyasova, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, unfortunately... And then wearing his jersey, Evan Heffelfinger. Listen, today DJ Wilson, to, and then about eighteen thousand first round picks also going to the Pelicans in the deal. So today is a day of mourning, but also a day of celebration. It's a great way of putting it. Uh, I also uh, a note on those picks. I think it's three first round picks. We're getting two second round picks from the Pelicans, yes, which will be uh, this draft. There are also yes. Which we'll get to that, you know, just segueing right into that later and like uh, whenever we do it. Um, we also, it's, or I shouldn't say we, the Bucks are also swapping or they have the right to swap picks with the Pelicans or I guess the Pelicans the other way around. Yeah, the Pelicans, the Pelicans the are right going to get the better of the picks, with the which the hope is they, they won't it matter. won't matter, right. Because uh, the Pelicans are an ascending team. Even without Drew Holiday, the Pelicans are an ascending team with Zion. Hopefully they're going to uh, ink Brandon Ingram long-term. Right. And that core, just the two of them, along with now 80 picks uh, so, from both the Bucks and the Pelicans franchise, is going to be right. turn out pretty good for them, I think. Now, it's funny. One of the picks that the Bucks are acquiring from the Pelicans this year is the Bucks' original pick. Yep. That was traded in the Miritich trade. Uh, don't want to remember that one very well. Uh, something very quietly... Part of this deal was the Bucks had to go to Cleveland and say, hey, can we take the protection off of the pick that we owe you in 2022 so that we can convey our, these picks to the Pelicans, please? And they said yes for a second round pick, which I found <laughs> out the protection was literally one through 10 protection. So they had to give up a second round pick for a, a pick that they are expecting, hopefully, to be like 25 to 30. Just so they can make this trade. Yeah, but worth it because they're getting a guy like Drew Holiday. Yeah, I'm making it sound like I don't like the trade. I I could not be more juiced. And Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He he constantly gets praise from guys like Kevin Durant, guys like Damian Lillard for being one of the best defenders in the league. And Sam, what what are your takeaways? What do you what kind of guy do you think the Bucks are getting in Drew Holiday? Um, really just another leader. I mean, I was telling you guys yesterday cause I've been, a, I mean, I'm not just saying this cause we got him, but I really have been a Drew Holiday fan since, the, since the days of Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite literally everywhere he go, everywhere he has been, has been a really good competing team. And we saw it, you know, when he was on the Pelicans without, with, with Anthony Davis and now with Zion and all that and Philly, I mean, those early teams when he was a rookie did not deserve to be in the playoffs going mm-hmm. up against the Boston Celtics and stuff like that. So no. you're, you're you're really not losing a step in defense. You might be taking a slight loss, but he's an all-defensive player. I'd argue they're not losing a step. They might even right. be better. That's what I'm saying. Like you're, mm-hmm. bar- you're barely losing any defensive production. You're getting better at offense. You're giving Giannis a guy who can create his space and is not afraid to take a shot, and you can have pretty good confidence in taking said shot. When it matters, right? Does great in the playoffs. I mean, really, I'm almost ex- as excited for the Bogdanovich trade <laughs> as I, as I am for Drew. And I just went on about a three minute tangent talking about how much I love Drew Holiday. So, right, these moves, in all honesty, like these are the type of guys that we've been wanting as Bucks fans, like since we've been almost all in with Giannis. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's the I give Horst credit and all those guys, like that core worked. 
a lot better than I think we all imagined when we were first getting some of those pieces, especially like mm-hmm. Blood. So when he came over, we were all excited. But mm-hmm. now, like this is quite literally the core, the guys that you want to space the court, to give everyone the you know, even if Giannis is driving, you know, you got to worry about these guys now in the corner and stuff like that and off the dribble. So I'm so excited. I mean. I, Coming off of our last podcast last week when we were talking about Russell West, I couldn't care less about the NBA at that time because <laughs> when it when it's an N- when it's NFL season and we're like in week eleven and all that, it's just football, 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 right. football, football. Now the Bucks. Look, I mean, look at us. It's fo- it's the middle of football season. We all got Bucks gear on <laughs> in the studio right now. Yeah. It's awesome. It, it is awesome. And and Evan, we were talking a little bit about Drew Holiday, the facilitator, earlier. Yeah. Um, do you think he's more of a point guard, or do you think he's going to play more of the, the shooting guard, combo guard position? So it's tough. He's getting a little bit older, which he still is. I mean, 29. He's, he's in his prime. Yeah. He, I, I think he is a combo guard. I think he could. I mean, he was a point guard for his first seven, eight years in the league. And then I forgot who tweeted it. I, I should have bookmarked it. But they said that, and it's just another a positive note on Drew Holiday is. He himself told the Pelicans, hey, I need, I want to slash I need to switch to shooting guard because he realized he wasn't setting up Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins the way that a point guard should. So that's, I mean, that's a selfless guy right and there. And self-awareness as well to know, like, to hey, take yourself out of that spot to make the team better. Exactly. And at this point, he has no choice but to be the point guard because <laughs> who is your point guard right now? No one. They don't have. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a true point guard they on actually, the roster right yeah, now. Yeah, they don't have a bench. They have seven players on the roster. And, yep. Uh, the two guys that are on the bench are both bench warmers. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. But how could you not be happy about Drew Holiday? I mean, he is. I think he's the most underrated NBA player in the world, which is funny considering he makes twenty seven million dollars. Well, and the thing is he can score too. Like he like can, I think we talk we talk about how great he is defensively, but when you say that, like everybody's gonna be like, oh well, Eric Bledsoe was a great defensive player too. It's only a slight upgrade. Well But that's, that's the thing. not the case. Eric like, Bledsoe can't shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. Drew Drew can. Drew has the capability yeah. to do it. I believe he shot thirty five percent last season from the from behind the arc, which is better than Bledsoe, who I believe was below thirty. He was I think twenty nine that's what that's what the number that was in my head too. Um, so I think we're right. Unless no, I think Brooke was twenty nine. I think Blood was like thirty one. It was they were somewhere way, around there. But Drew is a much more consistent offensive player who can put up points. I mean, he averaged nineteen per game last year while Bledsoe was hovering around the fourteen range. Now, to be fair, he played twenty seven minutes a game because they were just killing everybody. But Bledsoe, his game was reliant on athleticism. Uh, especially when he was driving to the rim. And at this point, the centers are a lot bigger, better, stronger than they were right. when he was in Phoenix where he could score 22 points a game. The game is its a different game for Eric Bledsoe, which first I just want to wish no ill will towards Eric Bledsoe. Absolutely. When he we, was a major upgrade from what we had when we acquired When we acquired Eric Bledsoe, he was the perfect fit. For yeah. the Bucks because he was a defender. Because before all of our guys were getting torched at the mm-hmm. point guard position, they were getting just run right. It was past. like the Phoenix Suns before they got Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was atrocious. So he not only gave you defense there, but he could score 15 points a game, which you weren't getting out of whoever you had before. So obviously, wish nothing but the best for Eric Bledsoe. I think him being with the uh, the jump start Pelicans, I think that'll be fun. I think he can help them learn some defense a little bit. I think he could end up teaching Lonzo a lot. That's going to be fun. I mean, we didn't even we didn't even talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich yet. Yeah, Joe struggled with that name earlier today, too. We'll have that clip for you later. But, I mean, Sam was just talking about it. He's more excited about Bogdan Bogdanovich and that deal. And let's get into that a little bit after this. Let's get a break here and talk... Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings, now on the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll break down the trade, what we think of him, all that coming up next here on Hef, Sam, and Dan on the Fan.
We are back. It's Hef, Sam, and Dan on the Fan mm. on Demand. Dan Plucker, Evan Heffelfinger, and Sam Schmitz here with you guys. We talked Drew Holiday. Let's break down the other move the Bucks made. It was a little bit later in the night. Bogdan Bogdanovich on his way from Sacramento Woo. to Milwaukee. And a move that I think... I was a little more surprised about after that deal for Drew Holiday. I wasn't expecting another thing, and then I see pop up from Adrian Wojnarowski. The Bucks are interested in Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then like five minutes later, the deal was done. First reported by Kevin O'Connor. Want to give him a shout out? The shout ring. out to Kevin O'Connor. Hire me, please, God. <laughs> and guys, I mean, it's just so exciting to see them get this kind of a scorer mm-hmm. and add that kind of a player onto this roster. Sure, his defense is atrocious, but. He is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. He shot like 38% from the field last year on seven attempts a game. I'm just thinking about it. There is no better lineup to hide his horrible defensiveness in the best starting lineup, lineup right in the now. league. Yeah, with the center of Brooke Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then also now Drew Holiday in there. And whether or not he's a starter or the sixth man is is left to be determined. Uh, we talked to, I believe his name was Jason Jones today. He's the Athletics Sacramento Kings writer. Mm-hmm. And he said that he would also really like the idea of Bogdan being the head of the second unit. And yeah. playing point guard, which I was surprised about. He said that he played point guard a little bit in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and he thinks that with the ba- the Bucks' lack of depth there right now, he could be coming off the bench and just being the point guard and the primary ball handler in the second unit, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Sam, you don't seem like you really like that. I hate that idea. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, why are we trading for a guy if he's just going to be our second unit guy? You know what I mean? He's got the tools to be the starter. I think he's a... Well, Lou Williams know, is a second... Unit guy, but that's just what Lou's been bought into doing for like the past eight years. You know what I mean? And who's to say Bogdan wouldn't do that? But I'm just saying, man, you got with Bogdan's shooting ability, and if Giannis is driving to the paint, why wouldn't you have him on the court with Giannis? Yeah, it just it just doesn't make sense. If you're going to have a guy who can space the court out, why wouldn't you have him on the right. court to so, reach? I don't know. I feel like his scoring ability is just is just that much better if he's playing with Giannis. The reading, and here's the thing too, is like yeah. He could be playing point guard right now, but we also have like seven to eight spots to fill in free agency. So yeah, we don't right. even know like what our second unit's going to look like. So I right. get like it's, it's kind of hard for us to say anything. Yeah, like right like now. let's hold off on the oh he, he could be the leader for the second unit because like we could sign somebody and oh well that guy's just the perfect guy to be the leader. Of oh, the definitely, second unit. definitely. So. The reading that I've done on it is he in Sacramento a lot last year. He would be the primary ball handler in lineups that had him and Corey Joseph on the court. Mm-hmm including some of their closing uh, minutes. He is, I, I, I could see him if, I, I, I assume him, he, I, I assume him, I assume he'll be in the starting lineup. He'll get you 15 points a game and you'll try to stagger him with Giannis as much as possible. But I don't mind the idea of him being the leader of that second unit, being almost like a James Harden in Oklahoma City. Like come in, score 15 points, get three assists. And because... You're going to need someone like that right. off the bench. So who would be if, your starting two guard then? Well, we'll see. Who, who knows? <laughs> Wesley Matthews. <laughs> we'll see. And that, that's the thing. And, I'm not ready what, to go what, I really, <laughs> what I really like, too, is if if he is going to be in the second unit, that automatically puts him in the sixth man of the year conversation. Yes. Just because of how many minutes Bud plays his bench and how little he plays his starting lineup. But... To Sam's point, I do agree. Paying fifteen million dollars a year to a dude to be for a do dude we, to be a six man. Do we know is, the contract? It was three years, forty five million. Who? I believe, pretty much on the nose, is what was reported. I don't remember who had it. That's kind of what had been reported. But potentially the most underrated part of this, in my opinion, is the clutch factor. Mm-hmm. Because Bogdanovich has routinely sunk big shots in big games. And as we've seen throughout Giannis's time here and all the playoff runs that they've gone on and all of the, the close games that they've kind of played in, they haven't really had a closer. Like like Giannis kind of fumbles it away. He's done he did it a couple times in the bubble. And Middleton doesn't necessarily always take the cleanest shots when it comes down to the final minutes. So he, that's that he addition. Can do it, but then he just 
Right. This year especially, well, he, he just had this idea that he was going to hit every shot in that situation, so he just took whatever he wanted. Not necessarily his fault, too, because look at last year's roster. He was the only guy you really had fear in the last yep. second of the shot. Definitely. So yeah. I, it's hard when the whole defense is allowed to just focus on him, probably. So either right. way, they added Bogdan Bogdanovich to be the guy, to be that clutch guy, right. or... To open up the possibility of having multiple clutch guys on the court at the same time. That's with the both thing. Bogdan and uh-huh. Middleton. Is that you can have Giannis, you know, get the ball when you inbound it, and then you got you got Drew who can shoot it. You got Chris. You got Bogey. Hell, even Brooke could even maybe sneak out for a pop and three and all that. I mean, right. I just I just love the many ways you can go about with this. And man, with the Bogey for, with the Bogey trade too, is that I know we're worried about the the picks and all that. Me, I don't care about the picks at all. <laughs> because to be honest, we are just not a very good franchise of drafting outside of the honest pick, which is John Hammond. And, and the second round. And according to Woj, um, that was technically all the Atlanta Hawks yeah. who got the credit for the honest pick. So, uh, look, I think the way you got to go about it is this is your core now. And now, I mean, the appeal that we're going to have all these guys who want minimum deals to fill out the rest of the roster, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were excited for guys last year like Marvin Williams. And Kyle Corver. I still Corver, cannot yeah. believe that Kyle Corver was a buck. We're going to be getting. I even, think he'll be back next year. I think. I think so, so too. And I think we're going to be getting even more of those guys, guys who we thought we never would see in a Bucks uniform. And it's just going to be like that probably for the next couple of years, which is just awesome. Because I, I, I hate drafting people and then having to waste a bench spot essentially with them on like a two, three year project. Well, well the thing is. Second round picks are the cheapest deal that you can ever sign. Right, but we're not getting like a Pascal Siakam no, or, you know, but we're, no. we're not going to hit on the second round for one of these guys. Well, but who's to say we don't? It's, I, it's just, it's very unlikely. Even if we do, they're not going to get the playing time. The though. fact that we got a top 45 pick, I really like that. Yeah, this sure. this well, year's draft, like they were saying, after I think it was like pick 15 or something, every single player from there on out is around the same category pretty much or it's like every pick is going to be somewhere around the same talent potential all towards the same package there are some guys that you could have in the second round that they're not going to be stars but they could step immediately in and be a role player on a championship team I mean look at Eric Paschal last year now obviously that was a bad Warriors team but that was a second round pick that immediately came in here's the problem with guys that you mentioned like that is that they're on teams who have the affordability of allowing them to get playing time right away essentially yeah. which when you're going to have a box team like this you're going to be bringing in a lot of old veterans who are on their you know minimum deal and all that it's like where do you find the playing time for these guys other than the g league so well which, i mean we'll yeah, yeah you got it you got to staff the g league team yeah yeah but i I do agree with Evan's point. I think that, that maybe they find a diamond in the rough. Of course, the odds of it are very small, like you said, You Sam. have no choice but, but to try. But exactly. I'm not point, saying that they, they have roster they have, spots right, I'm not have, saying that they shouldn't, but for the people who are just freaking out so much about all the picks that we gave up, it's like, right. do we not even realize like the end goal, which is you're going to bring exactly. it up in a little we, bit? Was, we gave up an E.G. and Lien, a Rashad Vaughn, and a Thon Maker. All yeah, that. Holiday. Just to maybe finally, like, have Giannis sign that Supermax. Right, and let's get into Listen. that. I mean, do you do you guys think that this was enough for Giannis to sign the Supermax? Do you think, I guess, did it did it really change much in general? Like, did you think he was going to sign no matter what? Yes, but let's be real. They didn't make those moves without knowing if he was going to sign or not. Right. I they made agree. those moves no, no, because no. he is going to sign. Now, I think there are three different avenues here, and I was telling you about this today. One is he signs the Supermax. Two is he signs a two-year deal, does the like LeBron James, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, that kind of deal, the like two years with a player option. The third, and it's a very intriguing thing that I just thought about today, is that he takes less than the max. Again, he did that in his last contract. He does it again this time. Five years, like 150, 160 million instead of 190, because he's said in, in multiple interviews, it is not about the money for me anymore. I have the money from my contracts. I have enough to to Not provide to my family, grandkids. Nike's paying him like right, yeah. like fifty million a year or something ridiculous. He leg- if ever there was a guy to say it's not about the money and mean it, it's Giannis. Yeah. So part of me thinks that he will sign. A, I, I no, I don't think. But part of Hope. me wonders if Hopes. he. <laughs> yeah, part of me wonders because he showed he could have signed a max deal 
with his last contract, but he signed for four years, $100 million. Why not do it again now? Because if he is that committed to winning, which we all know he is, he might try to save you some money so that you have money every year to go towards the mid-level exception guy, towards the hard cap, like keeping that down or acquiring a guy like Bojan or not Bojan Bogdan Bogdanovich. Cause that, that took some crafty maneuvering to do. It definitely but did. you got to think about it though, from like everything he's been through from what he's come through in life. When you get a contract that big, like how do you turn it down? Well, like I said, I don't expect him to not sign the supermax. He's going to sign the right. supermax. Right. But part of me wonders if maybe he does do something like that. Because if ever in all of the professional sports, if ever there was a guy to do that, it's Giannis. I get, yeah, and I I get that. I think you know I get your point. Like if there was a person to do that, it probably would be Giannis. But it's like if I were to put a percentage on it, it's five percent. Right. Like, I'm just man. I'm just so happy that <laughs> as a Bucks yeah. fan, like I I thought like they, I really did think that they were going to run it back for this final year with the same squad and yeah. all that. And just I'm so happy that they really decided to switch it up. And they're yeah. really going all in. I think, unlike the Packers, unlike the Brewers. So the funny thing is, <laughs> like, is the Packers and the Bucks both made huge cojones, uh, Johnson on the table moves. Right, and we need to give the Brewers credit for resigning Christian Yelich. That yes. was also a, a large cojones Johnson on the table yeah. move. Two of the three I love. The third is Jordan Love trading up for him. Yeah, that was not necessarily uh, the. At, at this point, That's it doesn't seem big... like it was the smartest move. Who knows? Five years from now, we could be t- telling a different tale. I hope I'm wrong. But God, I hope I'm wrong. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think the Bucks make any of these moves unless they know for sure that Giannis is staying. And Mark Stein even said um, that he was hearing rumblings that it's pretty much done. Um, and sure, Stephen A. and Chris Broussard are still out there holding onto their straws, hoping that... Uh, <laughs> That the, that it's wrong and that Giannis should still leave and they're they're the Man. national media guys that are like that are going to continue to feed that to you because that's what they fed to you this entire time because but listen you're, you're talking have, about them right exactly now. because but the fact of the matter is the guys that are in the know and I'm not saying that Broussard and Stephen A aren't but their jobs are much different than a Mark Stein and an Eric Name which is to report facts and not make it all flashy and entertaining. Yep. Eric Name, all along, from the very beginning, the guy who's closer to Giannis than anybody else in terms of reporting, has said that Giannis is staying. And he reaffirmed that today on the Bill Michaels show. Yep. And he well, yeah, re- I mean, reaffirmed it last week on the Wendy's Big Show. And he will continue to do that because that's what he firmly believes is going to happen. Yeah. Stein, it's the same way. <laughs> yeah, the exact quote was like, he was never not going to sign exactly. it. But this just reaffirms it even more. <laughs> it's exactly. just like, my goodness, I the day that... Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm at like a, I was at like an 85% that he was going to sign the Supermax. Now, after last night, I'm at like a 93% that he's going to either sign the Supermax or he is right. staying. Like, even if he doesn't sign the Supermax. The, okay. If, but my goodness. The it's, day, at a, it's at 99.9 that he's signing an extension. The day yes. he does, and we can shut those Heat fans, those Warriors fans, those national writers, oh everybody on social media, on Twitter, everything It'll about Giannis is, Giannis is staying. Like the day that happens, boys, what are we going to do? Because I know there's a pandemic going on, but yeah, we, gonna say, we are going to we are going to celebrate the living hell out of that day. We can't yes. party in the street, so what'll probably happen? Oh, is, I don't know. In Milwaukee, it might get crazy. I just the day that he signs, so that's going to be Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Friday. Um, be ready, Friday. <laughs> Friday. Do you guys want to like December what? No, it's no. this Friday. This oh, Friday. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. I'm thinking of uh, something else. Getting, keep, carry he's, on. <laughs> he's thinking about when we win the championship and yeah. you know, all that stuff. No, no, no. I'm think, I was getting mixed up with the start date for the season. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. December 22nd um, and all that. Yeah. I, so it's Friday. Do you guys want to like get together uh, on Zoom and get drunk or something? Yeah, that sounds like a great Oh, crap. Planet. I got to wear cutting edge outdoors the next oh, morning. Oh, no. <laughs> so you can party with the fishing boys. Yeah. Yeah, because they're big basketball guys. But, <laughs> but man, I mean, like... Oh, if I know Tommy the true Newbauer like I think I do, we're, he's a big basketball. I player. mean, we're just all so excited for the possibility that it might actually really happen, and if it does, man. So here's the thing: is even if it doesn't work out now, we as fans know that we did lit or not we, but right. the Bucks did literally everything they could. They gave mm-hmm. up every single asset that they mm-hmm. possibly could in these moves. This is it. They're like balls in your court, Giannis. Yeah, like, this <laughs> is, if this doesn't work out, 
You are the new Brooklyn Nets when they traded for a 44-year-old Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Right. I mean, they literally expended all of their assets it, to it, make the moves that they did. Through 2027. I think, yeah. I think Bart said it perfectly this morning. He's like, even if he doesn't stay and, you know, it all blows up in our face, it's worth it as an organization to do yep. what we did last night because 100%. you're not going to draft another Giannis in this organization ever. The, you're not going to ever get this lucky. So you got to do it now because it's now or never. As Absolutely. fans, I think we were all concerned watching the playoffs this year. Because you thought, oh man, is our window closed? I made bets is with this... people that they're going to lose to the Heat. Like during oh, the, I knew during, they were going during to. the first round against right. the Magic, I was like, this team's going to lose. I knew they were going to. It like it was the writing was on the wall. It's just so the, the same fact thing. that they didn't run it back. This is the most confident I have been in the Bucks since game two or game three of the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's I feel just as confident as that. That year, I don't know about that like moment, but yeah. Like, well, just because the Bucks were up right, too no, well. but I'm saying like I'm feeling just as good about it as I was that year. You yeah, because that yeah, really man. that really was our first window. Mm-hmm. So man, for sure. And now a new window opens, and guys, is it going to be enough though? We'll talk about that next. Uh, we'll go around a couple other moves in the NBA, and are the Bucks really the team to beat in the East now? Are they really going to make it to the finals? We'll talk about that next here on Half Sam and Dan on the. Wait, Sam, did you say my mic is on? Your mic is on. Oh, I just wanted okay. to make sure that you know okay. that your mic All is right. on. Jeez, thanks, Sam. Your mic, okay. your mic was off. Oh, it was off? Now it's on. Oh, score. It's half Sam and Dan on the fan, and the Bucks scored last night, adding oh. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday. But, guys, does that make them the best team in the Eastern Conference and the favorites to win the Eastern Conference and get to the finals, I guess? Not the favorites to win the finals. I don't, I don't think we're quite there at this point. But... Do you guys think they're making the finals? 414-799-1250. Tweet at us at 1250 AM. The fan at Evan F25 at Dan Plucker at Sam underscore underscore Schmitz. What do you think, Evan? You think you think they're you think they're good? Do you think that this? Wow. My whole microphone just oh fell off of its uh, attachment here. So let's take a brief recess and we'll be right back. All right, so, well, uh, that was weird. That may be the first time we've actually played that music uh, while an actual technical error happened. Mm-hmm. So, welcome back. It's F. Sam and Dan on the fan. <laughs> We're talking about the Bucks here now making... Hopefully making the Eastern Conference Finals and beyond. Evan, do you think they're a team that's going to make it out of the Eastern Conference with the starting lineup, at least, that they have right now? Well, I'm going to go ahead and defer to my good friend Samuel Schmidt sitting over there on the computer. Oh, thanks, man. You know, it's always a fluid situation. Um, I I think they're either locked in for the Conference Finals slash locked in for, you know, a Finals um, in the Eastern Conference. It really just depends on, we'll talk about it a little later on the segment, about what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets and what's going to happen with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving if that happens and what's going to happen with Houston. Because really the only other contenders that I do fear in the East as of now still is really just Miami and maybe Toronto. But I don't really think with this lineup, on top of who we're going to add in free agency, I don't think Toronto really scares me. As much as they do last year. So here's the thing. Now, I mean, we just talked about it in the last segment. Now that we're assuming that Giannis is going to sign the Supermax and stay in Milwaukee, plans change for oh, all these other teams. Everyone's plans change if Giannis stays. And now I think it's along the lines of what can we do to now beat Giannis? What can we do now to beat the Bucks instead of like join them, I guess, in the fact of Giannis joining the team. So now we're going to start seeing some desperation moves, I think. Some teams that think that, you know, they're a piece away, but they're not better than the Bucks are right now. And I think that kind of starts with the Boston Celtics, who are with Danny and have been with Danny Ainge all along a revolving door of stars and good players. Uh, Kyrie in and out. And now it sounds maybe Kemba Walker in and out. Wow. And... 
uh, Gordon Hayward came in kind of almost a star and now is nowhere near that same level anymore. Yeah. And they're always in the conversation. And if, if I have to take one guess of a team that's going to try their hardest to make a splash at some point in the next couple of days, it's going to be the Boston Celtics. But here's the thing with Boston is that like even if they do make a splash and add somebody, it's like they're kind of set with their core. Like the best they can do is probably bring in like a power forward or like a center and they're starting five. And it's like even if they do that, it's like so does it really really make them that there much are better of a team? Around the NBA now with the Rockets, who are trying to potentially sell both Russell Westbrook and James Harden, um, or neither. Like, who knows what the hell the Rockets are going to do with both of their superstars wanting out. It's just great, because it's going to blow up in their face. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no matter what they do. But eventually, either Harden is go- Harden's going to get dealt at some point this season. It's just a matter of where. And I think Boston's going to try to do, and it, it's been reported a little bit around, that there are rumors swirling that An- Ainge really wants Harden. I would not be surprised if the Celtics eventually did make a swing trading uh Kemba and hopefully Gordon Hayward to try to make a deal for Harden and add him to Tatum. I think they'd have to give up Brown too. They would have to give up Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're talking about two aging guys, right? But I mean, I mean, trade Walker and um, Hayward for assets, and then Jalen Brown being a part of the deal to acquire Harden with these other assets. So it's just like either way you cut it, though. Like any way, any of these deals that the Celtics make, even if they get Harden, this still doesn't. Like I still would not put them over the Bucks, power rankings wise. If we were to do power rankings right it now, depends. I, I still, I mean, I still it depends. Because I still still need a point guard. If they don't have Kemba, they don't have right. A point and guard. I would still probably put Miami over them. To be Fair. honest, well, and Miami, of course, the team that beat the Bucks probably have the best way to beat the Bucks in the way that they built. Now, of course, the Bucks are a little bit different, and that's probably why the Bucks made the moves. Honestly, is because they're like, well, we've seen the Heat completely dismantle us the year before. It was Toronto. We need to effectively change our offense a little bit in terms of the fact of not letting allowing not allowing people to build walls. Uh Evan just pulled up a a trade scenario. Uh James Harden and PJ Tucker to the so, Did you really just do a ESPN trade? God, stop. <laughs> podcast too. This is your daily uh your your weekly I should say have Sam and Dan trade ESPN trade machine. Evan, uh, if trade. there's one thing I hate in this world it's ESPN mock trades, whether it be NBA trade deadline, NBA uh-huh. off season. If I see one on Twitter, I will immediately unfollow that person because that's the last. Put it up on they, Twitter right now. They Evan. never, they Twitter never Twitter right work. Now. They never work. They're never even close. And it's just the most. I mean, like, what, are we playing fantasy here? Or oh, like, you're telling me that the Bucks wouldn't have traded twelve players. Yeah, like let's Russell trade. West let's Bro. trade DJ Wilson, Ursan Ilyasova, <laughs> uh, Dante for. Um, Kevin Durant and Ooh, and, and, and Kyrie Irving. What a deal! Because I mean, Jeez. throw a first round pick in there. I mean, Urson, Dante, DJ. I mean, what team wouldn't want that? Hell, even Bledsoe. Yeah, right. God, jeez. I mean, there's to, one to thing. Be fair. Sorry um, to get on a excuse tangent. Excuse me, Sam. You said the trades don't work. <laughs> what do you call this? <laughs> what is it? Let me see. Uh, Drew Holiday, <laughs> and George Hill. Yeah, Nailed that's what it. I thought. Samuel. Yeah, Nailed go it, find Evan. somebody on Twitter who had that exact trade. <laughs> it was probably me. So I. Oh God! If you were to look at my, I hate ESPN trade machines. <laughs> if you were to look at my login on our uh, booth computer. There are a lot of history oh, reports man. of me on <laughs> ESPN's trade machine. I know. I've seen him do it several yeah. times coming oh, I've seen the big it. show. Like so. a week before the deadline, we'll just be chilling on the Bill Michaels show. And meanwhile, Evan's just on the computer like, yeah, plug that player in there, plug that <laughs> player. Hey, look at this. This one might work. And I don't care fun. about whether it's actually a fair trade. I just look to see if the money works. God. Because the money in trades in the NBA makes yeah. absolutely no sense. No, and I no give you, sense. I give you credit because you do understand that aspect. Which and it I, makes about half the deal, too, because if you can make the money work, right. you can just throw in picks, and picks are irrelevant in the NBA trade machine. Um, but Where did we leave off, though? Boston? Yeah, Boston. So okay. Boston, uh, I mean, we can kind of move past Boston, too, yeah. because I agree. I don't think they're at the same level as the Heat, and I don't think they're at the same level of the potential of the Nets. Yeah. I think yeah. the, I think the yep. Nets are one of the teams to watch here. One of the 
up-and-comers, I guess, because they have so much talent with Spencer Dinwiddie on top of, like, just the Kyrie and Kevin Durant, two some that they have there. That's, like, they're, they're big names there, but you also have Jared Allen and all these other guys. Yes, Sam. All of these other guys. You said it, not me. What's wrong with the word two some? What are you? T- what are you- get your mind out of the gutter. We're yeah. not talking about anything like that. Fine. So, anyway. <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Can I can I bring up something <laughs> that you Nets. tried to talk me into yesterday? What did I try to talk you into yesterday? This man tried to talk me into the Bucks getting involved in the James Harden trade by acquiring Kyrie Irving. But listen, this listen. Do, oh, will you let me? I, explain? I did not entertain it for a there second. Are, there are three names we hate in this state more than anything. One, Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. Two, James Harden. Mm-hmm. Three. Literally any Minnesota Vikings slash Chicago Bears player. Mm-hmm. We do not tolerate those names and with my, our team Mike whatsoever. Mike, Mike Dunleavy my, as well. I was not saying the Bucs should try to get James Harden. No, I was that saying they the Bucs should try to get Kyrie. Kyrie. Which is worse. Nah, I disagree. I kind of would, I would like Kyrie. See? See? <laughs> I'm not alone. How dare you bring this into this room and expect it to be... <laughs> so I thought, I, thought you, listen, I thought you were talking about James Harden. No. Which, listen, to be fair, I would still like James Harden on the bus. Listen, Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie Irving may be one of the top five most talented players in the NBA. He's a nutcase. I understand, but if but, you, but I'm not a nutcase. Well, if you put it, him in elaborate Milwaukee, compared please? to compared to other nutcases in the league that you would label people like Russell Westbrook, I think he's more of a. Nutcase. I disagree. Oh. I disagree. That, I think they're same level. Yeah, same level. I was J.R. Smith is beyond. He's Kyrie not. A, he's not a head case. He's just high. <laughs> I love Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, like Kyrie's Kyrie's playing ability is just on such another higher level. And yeah, but that's the thing is he goes back and forth between wanting to be an alpha and a beta. Giannis is the alpha. He's going to come into Milwaukee. And then he's going to be like, yeah, I'm okay being well, second fiddle. And right. then he's going to realize that he wants to. We don't need to, to talk about this because it's, 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 it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Okay. So Thank we can move God. on, Evan. Jeez. <laughs> I just, anyway. I had to bring it. I anyway. Thought, wait, I we're thought moving I was, on. We're moving this on. This is what happens we're when you guys on. talk ESPN trade machine. <laughs> did I even make a trade to make it work the other day? You did. Oh, God. So yeah. you were entertaining at least the thought of it, too. Anyway, it doesn't matter because they got Drew Holiday. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich. And now the Nets are one of the contenders in the East, which is really weird to say with how bad they've been. Evan talked about the trade with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and all those dudes that obviously turned out horribly for them. Mm-hmm. And how the Bucks could potentially be in a similar status if Giannis does not resign. But we all expect that to happen. But the Brooklyn Nets guys... I do think that they are going to go from a pretender to a potential contender this year. Even if now, they don't get James Harden, I still think yeah. their pieces are good. Like Karis LeVert and all them, yeah, like they're good LeVert's enough good to too. still yeah. be contenders. The one thing worrisome. that worries me is, well, at least if I was a Nets fan, and it's it's funny bringing it up again, it's Kyrie Irving. It's whether because or not they can merge. Look at last year's team compared to the year before. The year before, it was D'Angelo Russell <laughs> leading the upstart Nets to a playoff appearance, and they gave up a good fight. Uh, D'Angelo was a sum of their parts. He was, I mean, he was their star, but he also wasn't necessarily the alpha of that team. I, I was, I think it would still probably be Spencer Dinwiddie even at that point. But you, you trade out D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie Irving. And all of the reports that we heard last year is that their team chemistry plummeted. That not necessarily plummeted to like a bad level, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the same team that it was the year before, well, despite mean, being almost the same team. Because I mean, look at Kyrie last year was calling out his pl- his own players in press conferences, and then he was going out there and lollygagging. We're talking like, about his time in Boston. No, in in last year for the Nets. Now, of oh, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kyrie was hurt for a good portion of the year, but that's what Kyrie, I was going to say. Is like he went to the media and was talking about his, his the rest of the players not giving enough effort and like that they I don't weren't think anything wrong with that. But that's the thing is he wasn't giving the effort. But here's the thing is like when you go into a season as a team and you know your your like free agent that you just brought in is going to be out the whole season, and then you play a couple games and then on top of that the guy who you're talking about right now also goes down. 
like I, I don't expect team morale to be very yeah, high. I agree. The, 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 it's very Clippers. It's just on the on the outside, the talent that they still had besides those two guys, it is very much like the Clippers. Uh, I'm, that's that's my biggest concern with the Nets is that it turns into Clippers 2.0, because where they, where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving run the team and they get days off and they get like all of this preferential treatment, similar to what Kawhi and Paul George had in L.A. last year. And we'll and see how we'll the Steve Nash thing works year. too. And guys like Montrez yeah. Harrell and Lou Williams and all. All these dudes, Pat, Pat Beverly, like mm-hmm. all these guys are just getting extremely frustrated by the team not being treated equally. And I could see I, the same thing happening in Brooklyn. I never thought about it. though. That comparison is uncanny because they have the two all-world superstars or one all-world player and then another top 20 player, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Kevin, or, uh, I, I would compare KD and Kawhi and then Kyrie and yeah, Paul same. George, yeah, something definitely. like that. But then behind them, you have a fantastic supporting cast. Absolutely. In uh, for the Clippers, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, um, Vika Zubats, Patrick Beverly, like all those guys. Then for the Nets, very quietly, Karis LeVert, who is could end up being a borderline All Star. He is He's phenomenal. Very good at basketball. Uh, your boy, your boy. Yeah. Um, Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. Who they are? Why are they starting DeAndre Jordan? Over Jared Allen, who might be one of the best up and coming centers in the entire NBA yep. and the perfect center for them. But I mean, even then, DeAndre Jordan, you have them. So they have those guys behind the stars that they could be scary. If all Sneaky of their good. parts play into one, that's scary. But like you said, you wonder about the chemistry, you wonder about the preferential treatment. You weren't, because that's a lot of mouths to feed, you wonder about the content on the court. Definitely. You wonder about the first-year coach, which I'm not too worried about that. His staff is incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're incredible. not really going to be coaching. No. Because it'll be, it'll be KD and Kyrie's team. Whatever and they then, want. And they'll yeah. be listening to Mike D'Antoni. Very Ty Lue, uh, Ty Lue nah, don't, Cavaliers People sleep on Ty Lue. Ty Lue's a good coach. We'll find out with him and the Clippers. Or how about this? Very Luke Walton Golden State-esque. Yes. That, <laughs> that's good. But I'm still worried about the Nets, though, despite all that, because like there are certain... Like, granted, it, all the ingredients are there for it to just blow up in their face. Mm-hmm. But I do think there are certain situations and certain pairings of superstars and, and cities and all that that end up working out. And I think mm-hmm. Kyrie and KD in Brooklyn is one of those situations. Yeah. I guess. Because even if KD is not, look, if KD can't drive at all, he's, he's still a top 10 player in the league because his jumper is just his that jumper good. jumper is nasty. Right. And he can so, shoot over pretty much anybody on the yeah. perimeter. When you pair that with Kyrie and then what, everything else they have, it's like, yeah, they're still. They're going to be a top, you know, top three, top four contender in the well, East. No with the what. Raptors having to not necessarily sell off their team, but they're not going to be the same team that they yeah. are. No, I don't think so. Van Vliet's probably as good as gone. I don't think they're going to yeah. pay him, and he was one of their better players. Lowry gets another year under his belt, and now he's like thirty six. Yeah, so he's and, almost done. And Pascal Siakam, I mean, he's the best player on the team, but he can't do it by himself. All right, I think they were one of the teams that was kind of hoping that Giannis would decide to leave because I think they would oh, have been yeah. a sneaky like Masai Ujiri could have would have found a yeah. way to to at least entice Giannis a little bit. Yeah. Um but nonetheless the hope is that Giannis stays and signs a big contract. When we come back, we'll talk about another guy who is staying and signing a big contract here in Wisconsin and David Bakhtiari that comes up next here on Have Sam and Dan on the fan. We're back. It's Why are you Sam surprised when I do fan. it so well every week? I, I don't know. That was so good. Do you not know about my musical past? No, I do. Yeah, you've told me about the different instruments you play. I just, I, it, it, I don't know if I should be happy or sad every time you look surprised when I do something like that. You know who else is so good? David Bakhtiari. Yes. He just signed the richest contract in NFL history. For an offensive lineman to stay here in Green Bay four years, I believe, is $103.5 million. And by God, $23 million a year. Most of it backloaded, though, thankfully. So he he mentioned that today when he joined the big show. He said most of this is backloaded, so the Packers better go out and sign some of these other guys that they they basically said they were going to. Um, he said that guys like Corey Lindsley, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, that's the kind of guy I was looking out for signing this kind of backloaded contract. 
So I would like to right away give a shout out to our good friend Paul Emig for this. He broke it down essentially this deal. The it's essentially a three year sixty four and a half million dollar deal. After that, it's a I mean that last year will be then what forty million dollars or thirty nine and a half million dollars in that fourth year. What he said, and this is an exact quote from Paul Lemig, my current read is that it was signed this way so that Bakhtiari could claim the highest paid offensive lineman ever status while getting a lot of money right now, the $30 million signing bonus, but the Packers can hide a lot of the cap money in the fourth year of the extension, which at around $40 million, Bakhtiari knows will never happen. So it's a win-win scenario for the Packers and Bakhtiari. Yeah. I mean... That's pretty much what he said on the big show today, too. He was like, guys... This could have gone two ways. He said, this could have gone a win-win situation where I get a deal and the Packers lock me up for the next couple of years. Right. Or it could have been a lose-lose. The Packers could have not given me the money that I think I deserve. And we could have extended this with them franchise tagging me. He said, we chose the win-win. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge win. It's it's it, This is the best left tackle in the game of football right now. Yeah. He is. And and I know the numbers support it. I know PFF supports it. I know all of these guys believe that Bakhtiari protects a quarterback better than anybody. And Aaron Rodgers should be juiced. Jordan Love should be juiced. Mm-hmm. Because this means at least one year, hypothetically speaking, if these next two years are the last two years of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, let's not let's not talk but, about but that. I'm having I'm having just a good let, night. Let I me don't touch. Let, to. let me just touch on it. Okay, because that yeah, means go ahead, go ahead, Lions fan. Please don't touch on it. <laughs> the, the third year, I'll have you arrested for touching on it. Go the ahead, third, Lions fan. The third year. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> the third year where Jordan Love would take over would be potentially the last year of David Bakhtiari, but he will start with a premier Hall of Fame-type left tackle on his left side of the yeah. line. And Elton Jenkins. And Elton Jenkins, too, potentially. So all positive vibes there for Jordan Love. But let's get back to Bakhtiari. So it's funny. And I just, deal. Sorry to cut you off, but it's funny. Literally a week ago, we were talking about, could this be the end of Bakhtiari because the offensive line has been playing so well yeah. in, his, uh, uh, in his absence from his uh, rib injury? Apparently not. Yeah. Well, and honestly, Bakhtiari kind of said, I was kind of thankful to get hurt. He said that the deal ramped up. They started discussions more when he had more time off. Well, that makes hurt. sense. He doesn't have to worry yeah. about the game. He, he said, this was interesting to me because I think we kind of were all wondering how the Packers were going to rank um, in terms of who they were going to sign with all of these big name free agents that they had. Bakhtiari said... They started my discussion a little bit before Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark ramped up. They backed up off of me. And then a couple weeks before the season started, uh, it got a little like we got into it a little bit again, but we couldn't agree on anything. And now that I was hurt and had a couple weeks off in the middle of the season, it it got done. And then he told us that he only told a couple of players before the game on Sunday, guys, he knew that he knew that could handle it without it like taking over anything within the game. And then after the game, he told the offensive line and his offensive line coach who were all very happy for him and it spread around the locker. Yeah. Cause that's that. a Christmas gift for them. Yeah. Honestly, like, Hey, both literally and figuratively. It's a Christmas. I mean, gift seriously, for them. I, I was hoping it'd be a Christmas gift for me when I told them congratulations today on when I called them before the big show. I was like, Hey, can you spare a couple bucks? Cause I'm only making $260,000 a year here. Yeah. My, uh, my <laughs> first question, if I were to, interview David Bakhtiari would have been cake can I hold five dollars like it, it would have been it absolutely would have been I that. would have been like can you can you just give me like a hundred thousand dollars in ones just Listen. to put into a room so I can sit in a room and say I like danced in a pool of one dollar bills. Listen, Jeff Bezos I know you're listening to this podcast give me one hundred thousand dollars right now it is a penny for you it is life-changing money for me I just you saying a hundred thousand dollars. It that is a thought that I've been saying for months, for years. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, a hundred thousand dollars. Me right now. Just you can, make it for all three can, of us if you have. You to. can write it off for your taxes. We don't. I need... know you want to. You're rich. You want to write it off of your taxes. Look, I'm here for you. We don't need Jeff Bezos money when we're in the Nick Gardner studios. That's, That's a good right. point. And when we have guys supporting us like Andy Spitzer, listen, Anthony, Andy don't Mandela. make fun of me for saying that. 
I mean, Mandela. He texted me today, by the way. Actually, he's like, "Why would you consider like Bezos money when you know we have the Nick Gardner studio?" Yeah, he, we're on our way, Evan. Jeez, he did. We don't, uh, we don't on, need man. Bezos. Trust the process. Anthony, Anthony texted me this morning and said, "Sorry for your loss. Do you have to move to Sacramento now?" <laughs> And I said With DJ was, Wilson. Yeah, I said it was a bittersweet night for sure. I wore my DJ jersey today to honor my fallen brethren, but he'll be always in my heart. It's okay. He's he, a 49ers fan at the end of the day. Yeah. So he, he said, you know what they say? Too much. If Ooh. you can... DJ Wilson. He's oh. a 49ers fan. I thought you were talking about Mandela. I was like, Mandela's a no. 49ers no, fan? No, 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 no. DJ Man- Wilson. Okay, okay. Mandela said, you know what they say? If you can make it in Sacramento, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> and I said, you have obviously, I've heard that before. I mean, just look at Jabari Parker. And Anthony said, yeah, solid players, them and Zach Lowe. <laughs> oh. And I said, I said, yeah, I was kind of hoping for Zach Lowe, but I guess he was kind of just a throw in. What about Sham Sharanya? He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty good. He's a Serbian player, I believe. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, Bakhtiari. The one question mark that this brings for me is, do they have any money to sign anyone next year now? To his to his point, though, and I still fully believe this, even after the Clark and Bakhtiari deal. If the Chiefs can re-sign Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and all Chris these guys, Jones, Chris Jones, Jones Tyreek Hill, well, Tyreek yeah. kind of came at a discount, but I mean, well, on that's top what of happens the, when you well, they're gonna have to still pay the Honey Badger and you know all those. Other, they have so many other players. If they can figure out that and still mm-hmm. keep their squad, like mm-hmm. there's and no still ex- sign guys like Le'Shawn McCoy. And, How about not, the Rams? Well, Le'Shawn who, McCoy last year and also Le'Veon Bell this right. year. How about Le'Veon the Rams who are a hundred million dollars over the salary? Cap yeah, right like now. so. Don't How? don't tell me that they can't figure out a way to sign Aaron Jones or at least like yeah. one or two more of these or guys. Or Kevin King or even Corey Lindsley. I, Kevin I, King's gonna be such a I, discount. I, he better be yeah. with how hurt he's been. I, I yeah, honestly would love for them nice. to bring Kevin King back on like a two-year, $15 million contract. Deal. Sold. Done. Yep. Look at what happened when you didn't bring Micah Hyde back. Yep. Or Casey Hayward. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the names that they've let walk Not even off from years in the secondary. Tremont Williams. And, and I don't I don't think that Kevin King is necessarily on the same level as a Carlos no, Hyde. No, but you but, need... But he but could you, be. I mean, well, yeah, because he's a cornerback and Carlos Hyde well, is a running back. I know. <laughs> Carlos Hyde. Hey, sorry, I was I got mixed up with JP Tokido and Obi Toppin last week. So <laughs> for like two days, yeah, and I didn't catch to your it fault. At all. <laughs> to oh your God. fault. Um, no, but you, to your guys' point, though, you do need Kevin King with Jair. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we almost lost to a Jacksonville Jaguars team this past week. And anybody that's saying, "Oh, Josh Jackson's good enough," no, he's not. no, he's not. Stop. Yeah. Stop. And you've you've gone through all these cornerback problems for years. Now that you finally have at least a decent and one of the best cornerbacks in the league in Jair Alexander, you want to keep that together. You don't want to lose that and make this defense even worse than it already is. Although right. it's a top ten defense right now, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, That's true. Besides the fact, well, speaking of top things, we got our top three favorite slash funniest moments of the week coming up next year on Have Sam and Dan on the Fan. Please stay tuned. I'm sure it will make you laugh. Mike's on? Oh. <laughs> they actually were. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's Hef, Sam, and Dan here on The Fan. Uh, that will be really funny to you in a couple minutes. That was the mm-hmm. weekend. One of my favorite groups. Um, that is going to be uh, number one coming up here. Uh, and first, let's recap this episode. Bill Michaels, hit us with it. So now you got Lopez and Middleton and Bogdanovich and Holiday and Giannis? Thanks, Bill. Uh, huh? <laughs> And now it is time for your top three moments on the fan this week. Starting off at number three, three. Leroy Butler. And Sparky, we're talking today, coming at you on a Tuesday. And Leroy could not believe how late on Tuesday. Evan, Sam, and I, or Evan, myself, and Sparky were up last night tweeting from the fan account talking about the holiday and Bogdanovich trades. And Leroy was just dumbfounded at Sparky for being up that late while being married. And here's what transpired. Wait, 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 wait. I can't <laughs> let that pass. Wait. You was on Twitter till 1 in the morning. one fifteen, one twenty. You're going to get yeah. a divorce, cuz. So apparently Leroy, like, when he's home, he does not, like, touch 
is any sort of electronics and he's always with his family, kudos to him. That is a good That is a very difficult thing to do, I'll tell you. Because I was up last last night late uh, tweeting as well Mm -hmm. while my wife was sleeping and not very happy with me. So... Yeah, same. I, I understand the whole divorce thing. Yeah, Evan, you definitely were too, I know, because you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, coming on to number Hannah. two. Hannah. Oh, that's really. Oh, uh, hand. Uh, oh, what are you? It. What? <laughs> Shut up. Where are you getting that from? <laughs> Evan, why don't you take us past this Tyler Irvin thing? I just, you know, we're, we are so lucky on the station to get exclusive interviews with some of these players. Absolutely, like David The big Bakhtiari. show today had David Bakhtiari. Last week, Mason we Crosby. had Mason Crosby, former Packer Ryan Grant. Uh, Gilbert had, Brown? Yep, last Gilbert week, too. Brown. Charles Woodson recently. Andrew Brandt, the former VP. We had him today on the big show. Mike Holm... You did actually get him on? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Mike Holmgren we had a few weeks ago. So it's, it's always a landmark time to have one of those guys on the shows. And Bart Winkler was lucky enough to have... Tyler Irvin, the return specialist, on their show. We are going to hear from Tyler Irvin right now because this is Revenge Week. Mercedes Lewis, Revenge Game. Alan Lazard, will he play? Revenge Game. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator. I still don't know what he does, but it's a revenge game for him. You're going to see... In the secondary for Jacksonville, you're going to be like, is that the same? It is. Josh Jones, former Packers second-round pick. Revenge game. And Tyler Irvin, punt returner. You know what? I'm going to give you a minute. Text your friends. I'm going to give you a minute. Text your friends and say, are you listening to the fan right now? They are going to hear from Tyler Irvin. take Take a moment. You know what? And in tribute of the late Alex Trebek, and, you know, these deaths make me so sad, someone who's been in your living room each and every day, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to text your friends and say, uh, you're about to hear from Tyler Irvin. Swerve. Swerve. Sam Schmidt, you are, this is radio history we're making right here. You know, we're going to hear from Rogers later. Right, but people want that. Bakhtiari, we heard from today. Good. I even teased it in the pregame show. We will hear from Tyler Irvin. I've been teasing this since six o'clock. It's Tyler Irvin. It's like the first time he's ever spoken to the Packers media. I know. All right, has the audience quadrupled? Tyler Irvin. Yeah, and I'll even I'll even fake the interview. I'll even pretend like I'm doing an interview. Well, Tyler Irvin's with us here on the fan exclusively. Tyler, thanks for a couple of minutes. Man, this is great on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Hey, uh, how do you feel about facing your former team this week, Ty? Well, you know, each game is uh, definitely different. So, yep. uh, obviously, playing against some guys that I played against before, played with. And, um, you know, it's just a healthy competition either way, whether, mm. uh, you know, someone that I've met and I've uh, grown some relationships with, or if I've never met you at all, I'm still going to go out there and try to defeat you every play. So, Tyler Irving, uh, Irvin, I'm sorry, Ty, I'm sorry. Joining us uh, exclusively, 100% live here and exclusive, we got the punt returner for the Packers. Hey, I, I was just wondering, uh, Tyler, what a great opportunity. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this: Did you watch any football this weekend, Ty? Yeah, so I got I got a chance to watch a few games. Um, you cool. know, every game is super competitive, and then like that's one thing that I realized is playing in this league. You can't doubt anybody because each week is a new week. Doesn't matter what anybody's record is. So. I think that's the mindset that I take to the game. And then just everybody on the team, you know, playing with some veteran guys on this team, they've always just said just each week is different. we got to go out here, prepare. doesn't matter what the, the record is of the opposing team. And we just try to try to just keep stacking games, and that's what matters. Tyler Irvin, this is such an honor on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline talking with Tyler Irvin. Tyler, that's really you, right? Yes. And you're live? Yes. And even though this bit is already tanked, uh, I have to continue it, right? Yes. Right, exactly. Tyler Irvin joining us on the uh, Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Hey, uh, so I have a question about um, being a returner. Is it a challenge being a returner when kickoffs and uh, punts? It seems like to me there's more hang time on these punts. My friends tell me that the hang time is bigger these days than it's ever been. 
the most beautiful hang time around. Is that true? Is it tougher? Um, it's just uh, having good practice habits. And when that opportunity presents itself in the game, you got to capitalize on it, uh, whether it may be, you know, five times or maybe just one. And uh, yeah, you're, you're correct. So the, the, the kicking game is definitely advancing. Not as many opportunities uh, in recent time, but like uh, coach always says, uh, just takes one play. So it can be a, a punt return that gets a great field position or a mm. kick return. It's just we just have to be ready to go out there and execute. Hey, uh, did I already ask you what it's going to be like facing the Jaguars this week? Well, you know, each game is uh, definitely different. So uh, obviously playing against some guys that I've played mm. against before, played with. And, um, you know, it's just a healthy competition either way, whether, uh, you know, someone that I've met and I've uh, grown some relationships with or if I've never met you at all. I'm still going to go out there and try to defeat you every play. So, Well, thank you. Uh, Tyler Irvin joining us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, Bart Winkler, Sam Schmitz on the fan. Hey, uh, I got a question. So you were actually just kind of the punt returner, but now you've become quite a big weapon. How did you do that? You know, it, it just kind of happened organically. Um, originally, I was here to, you know, specifically return punts. But uh, as we all go out here and play and just try to put our best foot forward, I think that um, as time goes on, they'll just present opportunities. So that was just kind of one of the roles that I crept into. And I'm still trying to get better at that role and anything else that they give me. So I'm just trying to stay prepared and go out there and, and just really enjoy my time here. It's been great. A lot of the guys here are just really supportive. We have great leadership, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams, playing with guys like Aaron Jones. It's just a pleasure to play with those guys because, you know, they're going to bring it every time. So you kind of have no choice but to step your game up and go out there and play good. Uh, Matt LaFleur uh, is here as well. Uh, did you have a question? You're crazy, man. I know. I am just, I'm just being a wild child here on the uh, the radio. I'm just I'm just trying to do my best. Uh, Paul, Chris, did you have to say something? Ready or not, here it comes. Yeah, I'm doing my best. I actually just played the wrong cut, but I thought I was going to say something else. Oh, Mike McCarthy, you want to talk? What I found is our family needs us. Oh, God. This again? (laughs) I don't know why this question. Sorry. We need to do this. We need football right now. We won't need it forever, but we need it right now. Yeah. No, I agree. We do need football. And we need it right now. Hey, uh, uh, Tyler, thanks for uh, being here. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, I think that, I think that it served its purpose. And uh, don't podcast this part. Yes. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Our station needed that. We needed that Tyler Irvin interview. We did. Um, excuse me. I don't, I don't know what that question got me. Oh, Mike, not again. We need football <laughs> in this house. <laughs> we need football. He says, like, the day after he got kicked out of his kid's middle school basketball game. <laughs> oh, I, I, I miss oh, Mike man. McCarthy, but I don't. You miss the fiasco of Mike McCarthy. I miss the train wreck that was Mike McCarthy talking to the media. No. Guys. But, but we still get it every once in a while on the Bill Michael Show, yeah. thanks to the Mike McCarthy decipher machine. Yes, which is... Probably the best segment on that show some weeks. It is. Anyway, speaking of uh, really good things happening on the Bill Michaels show. Yeah. This So this was breaking news. Breaking news. I mean, this was massive news. Massive the weekend, news. The was, weekend was named Super Bowl halftime Just performer. Just a couple days away. Oh. <laughs> and Bill had to react to this announcement. The weekend, for those of you that are familiar with it, the group, not the upcoming three days, but the weekend is going to be your Super Bowl halftime show. The weekend. The weekend is, they've got some popular stuff. I've been listening to the weekend for a long time, as a matter of fact. They got some, they got some really mellow stuff, too. They got some really mellow stuff. But uh, the weekend is going to be your halftime performer. By the way, breaking news in the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Van. See how you can go a little bit longer with Mercedes-Benz Van. Uh, but, yeah, the weekend is going to be your Super Bowl halftime performer. And uh, the, weekend's got, the weekend's got some good music. Weekend's got some, some, some modern-day Luther Vandross killer, you know, that type of music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The weekend's got some good stuff. So... I, it's look. It's it's not Prince. It's not U two. It's not the the. But the weekend's good. I like it. I like it. 
I don't know about you guys, but The Weeknd is one of my favorite bands. I mean, they're kind of like U2, a little bit like Prince. Well, it's kind of like some modern day Luther Vandross stuff, like Bill was oh, thinking. Yeah. That was some modern day stuff. But they, but they have stuff. a whole a whole lot of sounds. If yeah. you listen to the next segment, Bill was talking about it. They have a whole lot of sounds, a whole lot of it's different just kinds of so music. So disrespectful to everything that he's accomplished. What are you talking about? Oh man, Bill Michaels Who's has accomplished he? so much. Yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? Bill Michaels has done a lot. He has a statewide network. So what, what, are, I, you, what I, are you trying to say? I, I want to laugh, but it's just not like my body won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Basically, I'm trying to say is the weekend is a great solo performer. He's a solo performer and what? has accomplished many things in his career by himself. Yeah, he himself. Met, he got he got a shout out on the Bill Michael show. What is <laughs> no better accomplishment? Oh, man. All right, just, I. Is it, just is it safe to say that Bill Michaels is is a dumbass on this one? I you think can so. say it. I cannot. I, yes, there. I'll say it. He Bill, Bill Michaels making that kind of a statement on the air. Obviously. Clearly, no. not knowing, not knowing everything about the weekend. I'm not going to discount the fact that maybe he's heard a couple songs before. It's impossible maybe he not didn't, to. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he you didn't hear realize. one going through the Kiss FM hallway <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. every time you go to the bathroom. Maybe, exactly. Maybe he didn't realize that there was another person along with the weekend. So I'm going to give him a little bit of credit here, but to blanketly say that he's very familiar with them and that yeah, that's that's all malarkey. Bill Michaels. Was a dumbass this week. Hopefully, I don't get fired for saying that. Nobody listens to this. It's okay. That's true. But actually, then again, hold on. Anthony Mandela. How about the secret word this week for Anthony Mandela and Andy Spitzer? It's a weekend. But you have to spell it's Friday. Friday. Oh. Huh? Because it's the start of the weekend. Oh, okay. I like it. Friday. Because if we just said the weekend, that's too easy. That's but, true. Or you could just spell it like how the weekend spells his. How is it different? He doesn't have the E and N. Yeah. It's, it's just. just W K, W E E K N D. How have I not noticed that? You did not know that. We were literally talking about that in the break, dude. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. So right, well, now we're all dumbasses. There's, there's our password. Just me. I'm the dumbass. <laughs> uh, it's weekend spelled weekend like Sam just spelled it. Text that to us. Let us know you're listening and that you love us, please, uh, because we don't get affirmation enough working here. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm a dumbass. I'm no, gonna go I get, did get affirmation today. Anyway, I'm gonna go get some NBA draft previewing done. It's time. For us to go have some good soup. 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 I actually had soup for dinner. Did tonight. you? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>